Hello, welcome to my podcast. So this is the third episode, the continuation of episode 2 under national territory. So we ended up with the question, what are these other territories? So the history of this provision goes back to the last clause of Article 1 of the 1935 Constitution, which included all territory over which the present government of the Philippine Islands exercises jurisdiction. Section 1 of the first draft of the 1973 version updated the 1935 version to read, All the territory over which the government of the Philippines was exercising jurisdiction on July 4, 1946, as well as territory which said government has acquired or over which it has a right. The second draft simplified the modification thus, all other territories over which the government of the Philippines has been exercising jurisdiction or over which it has a right. The final 1973 version was a draft reported out on February 17, 1972. It will be recalled that the last clause of Article 1 of the 1935 Constitution was intended to ensure the inclusion of Batanes Islands within the Philippine territory. In his sponsorship speech delivered on February 11, 1972, Delegate Custodio Villalva of Batanes said that the first portion of Section 1 of the second draft saying, All other territories over which the Philippines which, over which the government of the Philippines has been exercising jurisdiction was a carryover from the 1935 Constitution, expressed in the imperfect or durative tense and intended to place the ten small islands of the province of Batanes under the sovereignty of the Philippines. Committee Report Number 1 also said that the phrase found in the first draft which referred to territory which said government has acquired or over which it has a right was intended to cover the claim to Saba which has been filed by the Republic of the Philippines and the possible claim to freedom land in the Marianas Islands. This comment of Committee Report Number 1 is also applicable to the clause in the second draft which referred to all territory over which the Philippines has a right. Thus, both the first and the second draft contained a clause intended to cover the Batanes Islands, which certainly formed part of Philippine territory and all other territories over which the Philippines might have a claim both then and in the future. The clause was inserted in answer to the claimer to protect and ensure Philippines' claim to territories not covered by prior treaties. The intent was to avoid for feature of these claims by their omission from the constitutional definition. The same intent was carried over into the final draft which said all other territories belonging to the Philippines by historic right or legal title. Committee Chairman Quintero said that the word belonging was used both in the present and future tense. Now or later may belong by historic right. Quintero said, Batanes belonged to the Philippines because in all its history, Batanes had always been a part of the Philippines by historic right. He said, the Marianas Islands might also belong to the Philippines depending on historical evidence. As for Saba, Quintero said that Philippine jurisdiction was based on legal title, perfected in 1962. 
legal title was used to mean all accepted legal modes of acquiring territory. Briefly, then, the phrase all other territories was a catch-all used to cover areas linked to the Philippines with varying degrees of certainty and firmness. It covered Batanes which undisputedly belonged to the Philippines. It covered Saba over which the Philippines had filed a formal claim. It covered the Marianas Islands and Freedom Land claimed over which has under investigation. It covered any other territory which the Philippines might acquire in the future through accepted international modes of acquisition. The clause, therefore, was nothing more than an insurance clause which could be meaningful only if supported by title extraneous to the Constitution. Territorial Sea The Territorial Sea of State, as distinct from its inland and internal waters, consists of a marginal belt of maritime waters adjacent to the baselines extending 12 nautical miles outward. Outside the territorial sea are the high seas. A state exercises sovereignty over its territorial sea, subject to the right of innocent passage by other states. Innocent passage is understood as passage not prejudicial to the interests of the coastal state, nor contrary to recognized principles of international law. The traditional length of the territorial waters measured seawards according to the cannon shot rule formulated in 1702 was 3 miles, the effective range of 18th century defensive shore batteries. Modern law, however, recognizes 12 nautical miles. Two methods are used for fixing the starting point or baseline from which the territorial belt is measured seawards. One, the normal baseline method, under which the breadth of the territorial sea is measured, from the low water line following the indentations of the coast. The straight line base the straight baseline method, under which Instead of the baseline following the sinusitis of the coast, it is drawn as straight lines connecting appropriate points on the coast, without departing to any appreciable extent from the general direction of the coast. Both the first and second draft of the 1973 article on national territory contained the following provision. All other waters beyond the outermost islands of the archipelago within the boundaries set forth in the treaties and convention mentioned in Section 1 hereof comprise the territorial sea of the Philippines. The treaties and convention referred to were those found in Article 1 of the 1935 Constitution. This proposed provision represented the official position espoused by the Philippines in international conventions and it is found in Republic Act No. 3046 in 1961 and Republic Act No. 5446 in 1968. What, then, was the extent of the territorial waters claimed by the 1973 Constitution which antedated the 1982 Law of the Sea? The final draft, unlike the first two drafts, simply claimed jurisdiction over the territorial waters. 
without making explicit the extent of the area claimed, it must also be pointed out that the Convention was aware that this claim, which extended Philippine territorial waters beyond the old three-mile rule, was something which had yet to be accepted in international circles. In his sponsorship speech delivered on February 11, 1972, Delegate Quintero reminded the delegates that no accord had yet been reached on the breadth of the territorial sea and that the Philippine government was preparing for an international conference on the law of the sea in 1973, where every effort will be exerted to get accord on the breadth of the territorial sea. The hope, however, was also partly strengthened by the decision of the World Court in the Anglo-Norwegian Fisheries case, which upheld the straight baseline method of fixing the territorial sea as unilaterally adapted by Norway. So indeed, the law of the sea would do in 1982. Internal Waters, the Archipelagic Principle both the first and second draft of the 1973 article on national territory contained the following provision. All the waters around, between and connecting the various islands of the Philippine archipelago, irrespective of their width and dimensions, are necessary appurtenances of the land territory forming part of the inland or internal waters of the Philippines. An abbreviated version appeared in the final draft. The waters around, between, and connecting the islands of the archipelago, irrespective of their breadth and dimensions, form part of the internal waters of the Philippines. This assertion together with a straight baseline method formed the archipelagic principle. The significance of this assertion lies in the meaning of the internal waters. Internal or inland waters consist of the parts of the sea landwards from the baseline as well as inland rivers and lakes. All of them are subject to the sovereignty of the state to the same extent that the land domain is, unlike territorial waters, they are not subject to the right of innocent passage by other states. This assertion over internal waters was a statement of an aspect of the archipelagic principle which the Philippines, along with Indonesia, had been espousing in international conferences. As early as 1955, the Philippines projected this concept in a note verbale to the Secretary General of the United Nations in the following language. All waters around between and connecting different islands belonging to the Philippine archipelago, irrespective of their width or dimension, are necessary appurtenances of the land territory, forming an integral part of the national or inland waters subject to the exclusive sovereignty of the Philippines. This concept on June 17, 1961, was embodied in Republic Act No. 3046, whence it found its way into the 1973 Constitution in the hope that it would eventually gain international acceptance. Committee Report No. 1 of 1973 said, The inclusion in the new Constitution of a provision spelling out the archipelagic principle of the Philippine government will eventually or certainly strengthen our historical position and will help us in sustaining our archipelagic theory in the Convention on the Law of the Sea in 1973 and in any case that may possibly be ventilated before the World Court in the future.
The significance of this assertion on the extent of internal waters is that large bodies of water connecting the islands of the archipelago, the Sibuyan Sea, the Mindanao Sea, the Sulu Sea, would be considered by the Philippines in the same light as rivers and lakes found within the islands themselves. It should be noted, however, that this assertion was envisioned to apply only to the waters connecting the islands of the archipelago proper. It was not meant to apply to the waters between the archipelago and other territories belonging to the Philippines. The first draft of the 1973 article contained the following provisions. Section 5. The sovereignty of the Philippines also extends to the airspace over its land territory and its territorial sea as well as to its bed and subsoil. Section 6. The extent of the control that the Philippines exercises in the contiguous zone and the superjacent waters of the continental shelf shall be determined by law. The second draft came out thus. Section 4. The sovereignty of the Philippines also extends over the airspace above its land areas, its internal waters and territorial seas, as well as to its seabed and subsoil. Section 5. The National Assembly shall define the control that the Philippines will exercise in the contiguous zone and in the superjacent waters of continental shelf. Commenting on Section 4 of the second draft, Committee Report Number 2 said that the provision on airspace was based on the provisions of Articles 1 and 2 of the Convention on International Civil Aviation adopted in Chicago in 1944. The convention entered into force in 1974. Thus, the present regime on air navigation has developed from Chicago Convention on International Civil Aviation in 1944, which entered into force in 1974. Articles 1 to 4 of the Convention set down the governing principles. Article 1. Sovereignty. The contracting states recognize that every state has complete and exclusive sovereignty over the airspace above its territory. Article 2. Territory. For the purposes of this convention, the territory of the state shall be deemed to be the land areas and territorial waters adjacent thereto under the sovereignty, suzerainty, protection, or mandate of such state. The assertion under airspace law was that sovereignty extended to an unlimited extent, uski ad kilum, the development of law on outer space modified this assertion. Sovereignty over air space extends only until where outer space begins. But where is that? There is yet no definite answer to that question. The answer will eventually come from technological capabilities of conventional aircraft to reach greater heights. Different numbers ranging from 50 to 100 miles from the Earth have been mentioned. The provisions on the seabed and subsoil were based on Article 2, Section 1 of the Convention on the Territorial Sea and Contiguous Zone adopted in Geneva in 1958. Commenting on Section 5, Committee Report Number 2 said, The Convention on the Territorial Sea and Contiguous Zone adopted by Geneva Con Conference of 1958 allows a coastal state to exercise some control over the contiguous zone, which is a part of the high seas. 
The Convention on the Continental Shelf adopted by the Geneva Conference in 1958 allows a coastal state to exercise over the continental shelf sovereign rights for certain purposes. The control which Philippines should exercise in the contiguous zone and in the superjacent waters of the continental shelf is the subject of study by the technical bureaus of the Philippine government. Under the circumstances, the Committee on National Territory believes that the matter of the extent of the con control of the Philippine government should have in the contiguous zone and in the continental shelf may be left to the National Assembly for future decision. It will be noted, therefore, that while sovereignty is claimed over the airspace, subsoil, seabed, the insular or continental shelves, and other submarine areas, the physical extent of these areas and the degree of control claimed over these areas were left undefined. This indeterminate stance was preserved in the final 1973 version, which simply claimed the airspace, the subsoil, and the seabed, the insular shelves, other submarine areas as part of the Philippine territory. Determination, in other words, was left to other modes than by constitutional precept. The 1982 Convention on the Law of the Seas The 1987 Constitution was formulated while the Philippines was already a party to the 1982 Convention on the Law of the Sea. The discussion of the 1982 Convention was not very thorough. However, since the Convention had substantial provisions which helped in the understanding of the constitutional text, it is best to treat this before going on to the 1987 version. Some important concepts found in the Convention are archipelago, archipelagic state, archipelagic wares, baseline, archipelago, archipelagic state. The convention contains a definition of an archipelagic state which the Philippines is and an, an archipelago. Article 46 says, for the purpose of this convention, archipelagic state means state constituted wholly by one or more archipelagos and may include other islands. Archipelago means a group of islands, including parts of islands, interconnecting waters, and other natural features, which are so closely interrelated that such islands, waters, and other natural features form an intrinsic geographical, economic, and political entity of which the historic of or which historically have been regarded as such. It may be noted that under the above definition of an archipelago, Batanes should be considered part of the archipelago and not just of other territories outside the archipelago. This conclusion has implications for the application of the archipelagic principle which reference to the waters between Batanes and other islands of the territory which will be discussed below. The Territorial Sea the territorial sea of the state, as distinct from its inland and internal waters, consists of a marginal belt of maritime waters adjacent to the baselines extending 12 nautical miles outward. Outside the territorial sea are the high seas. The traditional length of the territorial waters measured seawards according to the Canon Shot Rule formulated in 1702 was 3 miles the effective range of 18th century defensive shore batteries. 
the three-mile rule has now been discarded in favor of 12-mile rule now found in Article 2 of the 1982 Convention of the Law of the Sea, where, however, the application of the 12-mile rule to neighboring littoral states would result in overlapping. The new the rule now established is that the dividing line is a median line equidistant from opposite baselines, but the equidistance rule does not apply where historic title or other special circumstances require a different measurement. The baselines. To understand the extent of the territorial sea, one must begin with an understanding of baselines. The baseline is the low water line along the coast as marked on large-scale charts. Officially recognized by the coastal state, the width of the territorial sea is measured from the baseline. There are two ways of drawing the baseline. The normal baseline is one drawn following the low water line along the coast as marked on large-scale charts. Officially recognized by the coastal state. This line follows the sinusitis of the coast and therefore would normally not consist of straight lines. There is no fixed norm for determining the low watermark, but the Anglo-Norwegian Fisheries case suggested that for the purpose of measuring one breadth of the territorial sea, it is the low watermark as opposed to the high watermark or the mean between the two tides which has generally been adopted in the practice of states. This criterion is the most favorable to the coastal state and clearly shows the character of territorial waters as appurtenant to the land territory. Archipelagic states, however, instead of drawing normal baselines, have drawn straight baselines. Instead of following the sinusitis of the coast, straight lines are drawn connecting selected points on the coast without appreciable departure from the general shape of the coast. This method of drawing lines was first upheld in the Anglo-Norwegian fisheries case. The case upheld the validity of the straight baseline unilaterally adopted by Norway. Likewise, Republic Act No. 3046 and Republic Act No. 5446 have drawn straight baselines around the Philippines. The decision of the Fisheries case upholding the straight baseline method eventually became part of the Convention Law through Article 7, Paragraph 1 of the Convention on the Law of the Sea. The rule now is that in localities where the coastline is deeply indented and cut into or if there is a fringe of islands along the coast in its immediate vicinity, the method of straight baselines joining appropriate points may be employed in drawing the baseline from which the breadth of the territorial sea is measured. The provision on baselines found in Article 47 of the 1982 Convention are the following. 1. An archipelagic state may draw straight archipelagic baselines joining the outermost points of the outermost islands and drying reefs of the archipelago provided that within such baselines are included the main islands and an area in which the ratio of the area of the water to the area of the land, including atolls, is between 1 to 1 and 9 to 1. 
Second, the length of such baseline shall not exceed 100 nautical miles, except that up to 3% of the total number of baselines enclosing any archipelago may exceed that length up to the maximum length of 125 nautical miles. 3. The drawing of such baseline shall not depart to any appreciable extent from the general configuration of the archipelago. 4. Such baseline shall not be drawn to and from low tide elevations unless lighthouses or similar installations which are permanently above sea level have been built on them or where a low tide elevation is situated wholly or partially at a distance not exceeding the breadth of the of the territorial sea of another state. 5. The system of such baselines shall not be applied to an archipelagic state in such a manner as to cut off from the high seas or the exclusive economic zone, the territorial sea of another state. 6. If a part of the archipelagic waters of an archipelagic state lies between two parts of an immediately adjacent neighboring state, existing rights and all other legitimate interests which the latter state has traditionally exercised in such waters and all rights stipulated by agreement between those states shall continue and be respected. 7. For the purpose of computing the ratio of water to an to land under paragraph 1, land areas may include waters lying within the fringing reefs of islands and atolls, including that part of a steep-sided oceanic plateau which is enclosed or nearly enclosed by a chain of limestone, islands, and drying reefs lying on the perimeter of the plateau. 8. The baseline draws in Accordance with the article shall be shown in charts of a scale or scales adequate for ascertaining their position. Alternatively, list of geographical coordinates of points specifying the geodetic datum may be substituted. 9. The archipelagic state shall give due publicity to such charts or list of geographical coordinates and shall deposit a copy of each such chart list with Secretary General of the United Nations. Article 47 is both a solution and a problem. Two observations intimately interconnected need to be made. First, paragraph 1 affirms the use of straight baselines as practiced by Philippines. However, paragraph 2 prescribes that straight baselines may not exceed a maximum of 125 nautical miles. Some of the lines drawn by Republic Act No. 3046 and Republic Act No. 5446 extend beyond 125 nautical miles. At the time of the publication of this edition of the Commentary Congress was in the process of redrafting the baseline in order to conform to the requirement of the Convention on the Law of the Sea and to deal with the territorial disputes over areas claimed by the Philippines. Sovereignty over territorial waters. A state exercises sovereignty over its territorial sea subject to the right of innocent passage by other states. Innocent passage is understood as passage not prejudicial to the interests of the coastal state nor contrary to recognized principles of international law. Article 19, Paragraph 2 enumerates acts that are not considered innocent passage, such as 
passage of foreign ships shall be considered to be prejudicial to the peace, good order, or security of the coastal state if in the territorial sea it engages in any of the following activities. A. Any threat or use of force against the sovereignty, territorial integrity, or political independence of the coastal state or in any other manner in violation of the principles of international law embodied in the Charter of the United Nations. b. Any exercise or practice with weapons of any kind. c. Any act aimed at collecting information to the prejudice of the defense or security of the coastal state. d. Any act of propaganda aimed at affecting the defense or security of the coastal state. e. The launching landing, or taking on board of any aircraft. F. The launching, landing, or taking on board of any military device. G. The loading or unloading of any commodity, currency, or person contrary to the customs, fiscal, immigration, or sanitary laws and regulations of the coastal state. H. Any act of willful and serious pollution, Contrary to this convention. I. Any fishing activities. J. The carrying out of research or survey activities. K. Any act aimed at interfering with any systems of communication or any other facilities or installations of the coastal state. L. Any other activity not having a direct bearing on passage. Coastal states have the unilateral right to verify the innocent charter of passage, and it may take the necessary steps to prevent passage that it determines to be not innocent. Archipelagic Waters Article 1 of the 1973 Constitution said, The waters around, between, and connecting the islands of the archipelago, irrespective of their breadth and dimensions, form part of the internal waters of the Philippines. This assertion, together with a straight baseline method from the archipelagic principle, this is now also found in the 1987 Constitution. The significance of this assertion lies in the meaning of internal waters. Internal or inland water, waters consist of all forms of the sea landwards from the baseline as well as inland rivers and lakes. All of them are subject to the sovereignty of the state to the same extent that the land domain is. Unlike territorial waters, they are not subject to the right of the innocent passage by other states. Article 8, Paragraph 2 the 1982 Convention, however, says, where the establishment of a straight baseline in accordance with the method set forth in Article 7 has the effect of enclosing as internal water areas, which had not previously been considered as such, a right of innocent passage as provided in this Convention shall exist in those waters. Article 53 of the Convention refers to the type of internal water as archipelagic waters and says that an archipelagic state may designate sea lanes and air routes thereabove suitable for the continuous and expeditious passage of foreign ships and aircraft through or over its archipelagic waters and the adjacent territorial sea. In effect, therefore, the law of the sea provision 
establishes a right of innocent passage over waters which the Philippine Constitution considers as internal. Aware of this possible conflict, the Philippine government, in, in signing the Law of the Sea Convention, made the following reservations. 1. The signing of the Convention by the Government of the Republic of the Philippines shall not in any manner impair or prejudice the sovereign rights of the Republic of the Philippines under and arising from the Constitution of the Philippines. 2. Such signing shall not in any manner affect the sov sovereign rights of the Republic of the Philippines as successor to the United States of America under and arising out of the Treaty of Paris between Spain and the USA of December 10, 1988 and the Treaty of Washington between the United States of America and Great Britain of January 2, 1930. 3. Such signing shall not diminish or in any manner affect the rights and obligations of the contracting parties under the Mutual Defense Treaty between the Philippines and the United States of America of August 30, 1951, and its related interpretative instruments, nor those under any pertinent bilateral or multilateral treaty or agreement to which the Philippines is a party. 6. The provision of the Convention on the Archipelagic Passage through sea lanes do not nullify or impair the sovereignty of the Philippines as an archipelagic state over the sea lanes and do not deprive it of authority to enact legislation to protect its sovereignty, independence, and security. 7. The concept of archipelagic water is similar to the concept of internal waters under the Constitution of the Philippines and removes straits connecting these waters with the economic zone or high sea from the rights of foreign vessels to transit passage for international navigation. The reservation, however, may be seen as merely ad quatilam, the claim made in the Constitution took effect in 1973 before the 1982 Law of the Sea Convention was formulated. Under Article 8, Paragraph 2 of the Convention itself says that the new rule on archipelagic waters applies only to areas which had not previously been considered as internal waters. Insular Shelf The Continental Shelf Archipelagic or insular shelf for archipelagos refer to the seabed and subsoil of the submarine areas adjacent to the coastal state but outside the territorial sea to a depth of 200 meters or beyond that limit to where the depth allows exploitation and the seabed and subsoil of areas adjacent to islands. The coastal state has the right to explore and exploit its natural resources, to erect installations needed, and to erect a safety zone over its installations with a radius of 500 meters. The right does not affect the right of navigation of others. Moreover, the right does not extend to non-resource material in the shelf area, such as wrecked ship and their cargoes. National Territory in the 1987 Constitution On June 26, 1986, the Committee on Preamble, National Territory, and Declaration of Principles presented the following draft on National Territory. The National Territory comprises the Philippine Archipelago with all the islands and waters embraced therein and all other territories belonging to the Philippines by historic right or legal title 
including the territorial sea, the airspace, the subsoil, the seabed, the insular shelves, and other submarine areas over which the Philippines has sovereignty or jurisdiction. The waters around, between, and connecting the islands of the archipelago, irrespective of their breadth and dimensions, form part of the internal waters of the Philippines. Sovereignty or jurisdiction of the Philippines shall also extend to straits connecting these waters with economic zone provided for in the Convention on the Law of the Sea. It will be noted that the first paragraph was an exact reproduction of the 1973 text. The second paragraph was new and made reference to the 1982 Convention of the Law of the Sea. The concept and territorial space embodied in the phrase Philippine Archipelago has been left untouched by the 1987 text. The deliberation of the 1986 Constitutional Commission focused on 1. whether to have a provision in national territory, 2. what posture to take relative to Sabah as covered by the clause, all other territories belong to the Philippines by historic right or legal title, and how the definition of territory would relate to the 1982 Convention of the Law of the Sea. First issue, which came almost as a side issue, was resolved easily enough. Much of the 1972 debate on whether to have an article on national territory at all was repeated in the 1986 Constitutional Commission. In the end, there was recognition on the fact that such an article would have an educational value and there was apprehension that it would be difficult to explain why after the 1935 and 1973 provisions on national territory, the new constitution should fail to provide for one. The second issue was debated per lungum et latum with a certain degree of warmth even if it was not always clear what individual delegates, including the sponsor, wanted. The second was not so thoroughly discussed and nothing conclusive was put down in writing. Both this, however, need some discussion. All other territories over which the Philippines has sovereignty or jurisdiction in the 1986 Constitution, 1973's all other territories belonging to the Philippines by historic right or legal title give way to all other territories over which the Philippines has sovereignty or jurisdiction. The debates on the subject were prolonged and emotionally intense but easily summarized. Those who proposed to retain the 1973 phraseology basically wanted to avoid the impression of constitutional abandonment of the Philippine claim to Sabah. Those who espoused the new phraseology, however, contended that as worded the new phraseology while prescinding from any international claim did not mean abandonment of any claim which might be justifiable under generally accepted principles of international law to which the nation subscribes. The original phraseology proposed as substitute for the 1974 version read thus, and all other territories over which the government exercises sovereign jurisdiction. After such debate and explaining that the phrase was not an abandonment of any unsettled Philippine claim, the proposal was approved on second reading by nominal vote margin of 24 
9. When the matter came up to third reading, however, on the night of July 9, 1986, the resulting vote was 22-11, short of the required majority of all the members of the Commission. The principal stumbling block to final approval articulated by the Commissioner Roberto Concepcion was the phrase, exercises sovereign jurisdiction. It was argued that the phrase could easily be read to mean the territory not under the effective control of Philippines such as Saba would not be part of the Philippines. Because of this argument and with the help of the suspension of rules, the matter was reopened on July 10, 1986 for the sole purpose of returning to second reading situation in order to introduce a very specific rephrasing. Father Juan Joaquin Bernas, formulator and sponsor of the original amendment, introduced the new Phraseology and all other territories over which the Philippines has sovereignty or jurisdiction. It was explained that the word has was a broader scope than exercises, so that it clearly allowed juridical retention of a territory even when it was physically wrested by a stronger force. The phrase was explained to import a jurative sense, that is, it included any territory over which the Philippines when had sovereignty or jurisdiction. Even if such territory should temporarily be controlled by an invading force and any other territory over which the Philippines might establish sovereignty or jurisdiction in the future, it clearly therefore did not abandon any claim to Saba or to any other territory but left all much or such matters to determination through international processes. The intent was so to more effectively allay the, fa the fears of those who saw the abandonment of the 1973 language as an abandonment of Saba claim since the Philippines did not actually exercise jurisdiction over Saba. The 1973 phraseology had acquired historic meaning as embodying a claim to Saba, which, while harming diplomatic relations with Malaysia, did not add any more force to the Philippine claim. The new phraseology had the advantage of avoiding a phraseology which was offensive to Malaysia while not foreclosing any claim to Sabah. Moreover, it was meant to take care of situation where an invading force might take over from the Philippines' temporary control over all or a portion of its territory. Even with such explanations, however, there were some firm holdouts when the change was put to a vote. The result was 38 in favor and 2 against. Like the 1934 and 1935 convention, the 1971 convention did not claim that a constitutional provision standing by itself is binding in international law. During the 1973 debates on the provision on national territory, the local newspapers played up the intent of convention to secure the claim to Saba and the possible claim to the Marianas Islands and Freedom Land. The impression was easily given that by a unilateral act, the convention was attempting to add new territory to what was, def was defined in the 1935 constitution. 
It is clear from the study of the convention records, however, that there was no such attempt but the 1973 language tended to admit such an interpretation. The 1987 language attempts to remedy the misimpression. The only clear claim made by the 1971 convention of the power unilaterally to delimit territorial boundaries was with respect to inland and territorial waters. But even in this, the convention was merely pursuing the Republic's existing official policy of pushing for international acceptance of the archipelagic principle. It was a claim, therefore, which the Convention realized must be submitted to determination by international convention. Is the Philippine territory bigger because of the new article on national territory? Not really. The Treaty of Paris in the 1935 Constitution's principal point of reference for the delineation of the Philippine territory Although the 1973 and 1987 constitutions make no mention of the Treaty of Paris or any other treaty, the Philippine archipelago of the new constitution is, according to the sponsors of the provision, also the archipelago of the Treaty of Paris. If the present provisions accomplishes anything at all, its omission of any mention of the Treaty of Paris in the new constitution only succeeds in putting the Philippines in an ambiguous, if not embarrassing, position. On the other hand, it wishes to be washed clean of the colonial taint of the treaty. On the other hand, it claims the longitude and latitude lines of the treaty as the rightful boundaries of the archipelago and of its territorial waters. The 1973 Constitution affirmed Philippine title to the Batanis Islands by historic right, but this too was adequately covered by the last clause of Article 1 of the 1935 Constitution. Under the 1987 Constitution, it certainly is covered by the clause other territories over which the Philippines has sovereignty or jurisdiction. Moreover, under definition of an archipelago in Article 46 of the 1982 Convention on the Law of the Sea, the Batanis Islands can be considered part of the archipelago. The 1973 Constitution ensured the possibility of claiming other territories on the basis of historic right or legal title. In this, it merely affirmed that the Republic had been doing under the 1935 Constitution. The 1987 version proceeds from the question and relies on generally accepted principles of international law, which recognizes legal modes of establishing legal claim to territory. If Sabah, the Marianas, and free land should eventually be recognized by the world as annexed to the Philippines, it will be virtue of historic right or legal title, independent of the 1973 or 1987 constitution. The extent and degree of control over territorial waters, internal waters, airspace, seabed, subsoil, insular shelves, and other submarine areas cannot in our modern world be determined with finality by a unilateral fiat. Of this, the rule, the 1971 Convention was well aware when it enacted the new provision. So was the 1986 Constitutional Commission. However, to the extent that the provisions of Article 47 of the 1982 Convention 
on the law of the sea might conflict with the Philippine constitutional law and rights based on treaties. Such provisions are repudiated. What then did the 1973 provision gain for the Philippines? A security blanket, a rhetorical assertion of historic identity, decolonization on paper, and an embarrassing muddling of Philippine position towards the Treaty of Paris. As to the 1987 version, it merely removed language possibly offensive to an ASEAN neighbor and achieved a more logical sequencing of the elements that make up the territory but preserved everything else found in the 1973 Constitution. So that ends for the national territory. I would like to apologize for the chicken background. We will continue to our episode 4 under Article 2, the Declaration of State Principles and State Policies. Thank you and stay tuned. God bless.